Hello and welcome to the No Holds Barred Witchcraft Podcast, proudly sponsored by the Facebook group with the same name, the No Holds Barred Witchcraft Facebook group. Now, if you have been on Facebook for any amount of time, you'll probably notice that there's an awful lot of witchcraft groups, pagan groups, occult groups, and they all seem to be full of fuckwits that often post memes and don't really talk about anything. On the rare occasion they do talk about magical practice, is normally that they've just copy and pasted dreams from a book, and it's not their own words. It's what I like to call, Chris, borrowed words, right? Which is something that we'll be kind of talking about today. But I can assure you that most of the posts in the No Holes Barred Witchcraft Facebook group aren't borrowed words. There are people actually share a magical practice. So if you want to join the No Holes Barred Witchcraft Facebook group, then go ahead, search for it in Facebook, click the little join button and fill out the questions. Most of the questions just involve you saying that you are ready to be insulted. So just say yes to all of them. <laughs> and you'll be fine. And yes, you probably will be insulted if you post stupid crap, but I mean, at the end of the day, that's what our, little, our toxic little community is all about, isn't it? Progression, <laughs> pressure makes diamonds, Chris, doesn't it? It does, it makes diamonds. So, um, you've been irked, haven't you? You've been irked. It's a, it's a reoccurring theme that happens every now and again. It's rare that it happens in our group, but it does happen there too, which is people get really excited about their projects and then they present their project. And then you're kind of like, okay, well, do you speak Aramaic or do you speak Hebrew? And they kind of go, no. So well, why, why are those languages on your tools then or, or in as part of the working then? I know the answer to that, Chris. It's because of their words of power, Chris. <laughs> and the book told them how to, yeah? I think that it's, it's a little bit like this series I watched, right? Called Blue Mountain State. I don't know if you've ever watched it. And they've got no. this certain toy that gets passed around the lads in the locker room. And words of power very much reminds me of this little toy. Okay, and um, I suppose people think that because it's been used by so many people that it somehow retains a certain amount of energy and stuff. But if the case, then why are so many people obsessed with virgins? <laughs> of course you went there. But yes, why, why are we after purity? God knows. Um, yeah, what gets what gets at me is all the excuses are well. These these are words of power. These these are words that have been passed down through the millennia, and you can't kind of like passed down by who? Because I'm pretty sure most of the written words, um, unless you're pulling them uh, pulling tablets out of your ass, I've never seen. Um, are words that have been written from translation to translation to translation, um, starting in the Renaissance. Um, well, the words are modern ancient, aren't they? You know, <laughs> like that modern ancient Egyptian that we're fans of? Yeah. yeah. And the modern ancient um, pronunciation of certain cuneiform scripts and such is modern ancient because it is like the ancient, but it's not ancient because someone's made up in modern times an academic so this is how it sounded or it sounded something like this i know this because i've got reasons for it have you been there well no i've never been there okay have you got recordings well no i haven't got recordings but it must have sounded like that because of something to do with coptic yeah <laughs> or something to do with this or something to do with that i'm not gonna shit on the academics because we do that enough as it is. Instead, I think we should spend our time shitting on um, pleb magic, okay? Pleb magic is this thing that you see in a lot of books to do with cunning folk, 
and yeah. a lot of this sort of thing, which is the idea that, oh, this is magical. I'm going to use it. Okay, do you, do you know the origins of it? Well, the book says it's got something to do with this or that. And um, it must be good because plebs use it. And this is what I mean by pleb. I mean by pleb, I mean the uh, superstitious type, like that song. Very superstitious, yeah. These people are what we consider to be a lot of the people that make up the traditional witchcraft groups. These superstitious people, which actually, at some point, and I'm not entirely sure when, I'm presuming <laughs> it was something along the lines of when Troy Books was founded, but around about this sort of time, you know all that random shit your grandma used to come out with? Well, at some point that started to become cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at some point that suddenly became the creme de la creme of magical practice. The okay. shit your grandma used to go on about. The, Don't cross the on the stairs. All of that stuff the where they crazy say... One that drinks well, too much brandy. Yeah, all of this crazy ass stuff that people used to say it works, but can't tell you how it works. Yeah. All of that stuff, that suddenly, all of a sudden, is very in, Chris. It's very in, you see. And we've got to keep up with the times, Chris. So, do you feel we're keeping up with the times? I would like to think that we are. Yeah, we're very think, with it, aren't we? I think we're aware <laughs> of shit that hasn't gone down yet. And this seems to be the, the problem with it is oh, it, the focus. So you think is on... we're ahead of the times, like the great think... great people of the age, you know, Einstein, Da Vinci, all of these people ahead of their time. You're thinking we're a bit too ahead of our time. Is that what you're Maybe. saying? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. But I'm of I'm of the feeling often that we were here to try and correct some of this stuff. Um, because otherwise why would we ever put this this date in our time machines, in it? Like, mm -hmm. why Why would we come to this shithole at this time if if there wasn't going to be some purpose to the stuff we're going to be spewing for the next 30 years? Like, do you know? Well, I presume it was for comedy, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, okay. We just came here to take the piss. Is that what this you're saying? This is like the play that goes wrong. It's a comedy of errors, you oh, say. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, some would say that, that this entire podcast is all about us taking the piss out of other people's magical practice with never really giving any of our own away. But I would say that those people need to learn to read between yes. the lines. Yes. They've learned to read. Open their ears. But, but they haven't quite managed to get to the learning between the lines part. I'm not sure how far down the little magic key adventure series of books you need to get before you start learning how to read between the lines. It might be a Biff and Chip adventure 1,600 something. I don't know. Did you have Biff and Chip at school? Of course. Oh. Of course. That's all Our American the friends UK. probably won't have a clue what we're talking about. No, I'm sure they have no idea. I'm but sure maybe they, they had American that. adventures too. Maybe they probably they got did. about. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to Google that when we leave. Um, yeah, I think I think what really gets at me is people that don't don't want to do the work of the translation because they think, well, someone else has translated it, um, like they do when they read a website because they've clicked the Google Translate button that translates the page, and you're like, you do realise that's an algorithm. Um, and they do get things wrong occasionally because they can't read nuance. Um, that is exactly what you're talking about when somebody who wasn't of the time decides to back translate something several thousand years later. And they don't seem to get that those people aren't witches for starters. So can't actually understand the concept they're trying to translate. And therefore, have just coughed up some words. Hmm. I think you're being overly nice because you're talking about particular people potentially contemplating, translating, and working into their their own practice. Whereas I see copy and paste 
I see copy and paste and I see copy and paste as I don't know how it works and I haven't got a clue how it works and I don't care how it works. All I want it to do is work and apparently the book says this works because loads of other people are doing it. And as we all know in the playground, there's safety in numbers. And as we all know in the playground, you just got to copy the other person, haven't you? Don't innovate, don't truly learn, just copy the other person because if they're wrong, you're also wrong. And luckily, this is now how we've managed to get away with making that out to the rest of the world that magic don't really exist. So we have to congratulate and thank you idiots out there that do this copy and paste magic, that do read from the book expecting something to happen when in reality they don't understand how to read from the book nor they understand what the book is and they're probably holding the book upside down. If it wasn't for the page numbers, I would say a lot of people that try to use these charms in ancient languages wouldn't know which way up the text is supposed to be. And these are the same the people very often that ask me, um, do you read reversals on Tarot Tarot? What do the reversals mean? Can I, do I have to read reversals <laughs> on the Tarot? You know, it's just because I really worry because, you know, my name's Karen. And I have nothing better to worry about, so I have to invent things to worry about. And I was flipping through my cards, which I do twice a year, and uh, one fell out and it fell out upside down. And I want to know what that means. I want to know, because it was upside down, whether I need to read or can I put out the right way. Well, Karen, I think if you are listening, you need to get the fuck off of this podcast and go and <laughs> listen to one of the lesser witchcraft podcasts that is probably more at your... Um, reading age level i suppose because mm. you ain't gonna get them me that are still reading the tarot book that comes mm. with them yeah um, that one probably but yes the karens of the world um do keep us safe liam you are correct they do they do they do keep us safe because god forbid anybody actually took us seriously and realized what we're capable of doing um Luckily, we don't care enough to fuck around with the shit we could fuck around with. It's because it's no fun. I mean, you know, crushing ants isn't fun, is it? It's boring. All these people that go hunting, they don't go hunting for ants. They go hunting for, like, lions and crap, don't they? Because they feel like, you know, they put up more of a fight, more of a, you know... But we're proper hunters. We wouldn't go on safari to do it. No. We'd be dropped out of an aeroplane to go live rough it. Well, you would. I'd be having them delivered to uh, a, a 20 star restaurant what? instead. By but foreign the... dignitaries trying to win your favour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss the good old days. Again, why did we come back to this shithole, Liam? Well, only you can answer that. It's got something to do with hashtag soul contracts on it. <laughs> or maybe the TARDIS malfunctions that it does every other episode. Maybe. It does every now and again. It does seem to do it recently. Now a woman's driving. Oh, I said oh, something misogynistic. That's awful. You can't say shit like that, Liam. I can't say, shit like, say shit like that no more. I can't say shit like that. This is the sort of shit that tends to go on on the Patreon, the extended edition of the Now yeah. Watch Our Witchcraft podcast. And I only said it because I thought that it might upset people. I don't actually believe it. Um, but I do like to say things to stir the pot. It's almost um, as bad when you talk about that quilted room for the remedial lot. You can't say those the patchwork sorts of quilt room. I was one of the remedial lot in the patchwork quilt room, so I'm allowed to talk about because that's how comedy used to work. You had a free pass to make jokes or something if those jokes concerned you. So, like, fat people can make <laughs> fat people jokes, yeah. you know, gay people can make gay people jokes, and so yeah. on and so forth. Apparently, that's that's in a bit of a gray area now, isn't it? Because nowadays, yeah. you're just not allowed to offend. Um, but whether you're aware There's you're no offending someone or whether you set out to offend someone's besides the point. In fact, there are our American friends that won't know this, but there are laws that have been passed in the UK and legislations and stuff that means that you can get yourself into some very iffy trouble for saying something to someone and then 
certain things happen outside of the court of law but i'm not going to give my enemies ammunition so if you want to know about that <laughs> then ask me on one of the witchcraft consultations and i'll tell you there's a fascinating case i was made aware of fairly recently and i did think maybe i should use this on my enemies but then i thought actually i personally would not stoop to such a level <laughs> Oh dear. Right, there what was go. the actual point of this? We were talking about well, there's, words there's, of power. There's a couple of things. We were supposed to be talking about sigils and sigil magic. Yeah. And then also we were supposed to be talking a little bit about words of power and this this idea of pleb magic. Because there are a number of highly respected magical practitioners that utilise this pleb magic. They utilise this, these symbols, words, um, other such things that have been used for a long time and that they do sense to retain a certain amount of energy and i personally have to come out and say i very much have always looked down on this practice now i've taught this practice from a theoretical yeah. perspective and i've set homework to do with this practice to people so that they learn the limitations of said practice because but if you you're relying Oh no, let's not mention the Cunningham man, come on. Because there's this thing, obviously, with this idea of attaching energy to your spell work and stuff like that. The first thing we need to establish is that a lot of spell work is basic ass crap. And when you've mastered the basic ass crap and you start doing serious big spells, you know, multi-leveled, multi-layered, all that kind of thing, spells that can actually like an artificial intelligence autopilot on an airplane, pilot the airplane, those sorts of spells that can overcome obstacles and organically switch direction as needed. Those are slightly more advanced spells, but even so, that's still spell work. And as we all know, spell work is beginner. Spell work doesn't go past the beginner stage. So. No, you won't get to know intermediary shit with that. But the most beginner of beginner, aside from this candle magic lark, which most people can't seem to get to work and you can see why, um, <laughs> is this idea of borrowing words of power, iconography and all that and jamming it all together. And a lot of people confuse that with sigil magic and they think I need to jam as much stuff that the con the con correspondences in the book say is related to protection and just paint it oh. on my wall on my jewelry tattoo it on me and stick it all around the house and then i'm somehow going to be protected and i'm seeing a lot of people do this there's this a uh, very good i like it but i have to say it does sum the point up there's a certain youtube channel which i think we both like that does this that talks about yeah. this and i think honey anyone with half a clue and i don't mean a full clue i mean half a clue would be able to get around that so what is the point of you utilizing that as a serious form of protection right a serious form of protection it is the equivalent of putting on your door you know the people that say dog lives here or keep out or yeah. something like that it's like no one listens to that no one pays any attention to that whatsoever <laughs> and the people that are robbing you and casing the joint know you haven't got a dog anyway so that that all that does is make your front door and gate look more tacky than it already is yeah and i know the engine machine parts and the washing machine drum and various other children's toys and vodka bottles sticking outside of your recycling bin because you drink so much that you can't actually fit them all in the recycling bin all scattered around your front garden is enough you know to make the place look trashy but you don't put one of those beware of the dog to scare people off when you're not but there we go there's very much magic in that because you can equate that to a lot of magical practitioners and i can understand yeah. to a certain extent i will say this i've seen how pe how much people struggle to get started on a magical path but those that know better should know better okay they really should know better at this point particularly when they've gone through an entire video series that explains how to do such things and still make the same mistakes. And I have to wonder sometimes why people make those mistakes, Chris. I think part of it is the level of people that are putting content out there 
are often still got the stabilizers on themselves so oh, yeah. you've got these people who oh you only need to be one step ahead of the student you're teaching those kind of people who think that actually if you're still reading from a book as long as you're a few pages ahead of the person you're teaching you're fine um you know god forbid anyone actually had any practice or experience underneath their belt before they started spouting shit on the internet but anyway um and correspondences and all that bollocks um i think what's important is and which is what made me want to have this kind of run in the first place um was kind of people's responses to something you you said in one of our sigil magic things oh god what have i said now where you just took no 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 it's not a bad thing i oh. just don't think people actually follow through and actually listen to what you've said you know going back to the reading between the lines stuff where you will have mentioned don't forget there are lots of universal symbols out there um obviously that wouldn't have probably been the way you said it and i can't remember which way you did but you'd have said what you'd have actually meant is that that there yeah. are lots of universal symbols in these book of symbol larks um and let's face it a lot of these manuscripts that people think they've read um from the translation on google are essentially just that they are books of symbols they're there to remind the practitioner who wrote the book um, what they were doing at the time. Because let's face it, when you actually, you're an actual practice, uh, you know, a practitioner who actually has a practice, you kind of have to create a shorthand because you're so busy doing the practice that you're not really going to want to write shit down other than to say, remind, you know, must buy eggs. Um, because you know if you don't write it down you're not going to remember to go and do it um, and people don't seem to get that, that a lot of these grimoires are exactly that they are the bits of information that you needed to remember because the rest of it is already stored in your head um, so yeah. and essentially that's what a lot of these symbols in sigil books are about they're reminders of what did I do that time you know mm. a lot of the sigil stuff tends to evolve out of the chaos magic thing the chaos magic thing was basically created for people that are secular don't believe in magic don't believe in religion don't believe in anything or wanting to explore for the first time and that is a great system for people to start with from that environment but it is as basic as a basic ass bitch you know um and Sigil magic, all you're talking about with sigil magic is the creation and use of a unique symbol or set of symbols. So you create a unique symbol and work with that magically. And you can work with that in many different ways. And there's many different ways of creating that unique symbol. And a lot of people confuse sigil magic with this idea of bolting a load of random crap to like a circuit mm. and that's not really what most people think of when it comes to sigil magic so you deciding to shove an energy there to power this thing that's circuit creation when it comes to that's the equivalent of sticking some i don't know um a plant ally spirit with a contract in your potion or working or stuff like that you're activating working with that you're adding that energy to your work you know when it comes to people creating a lot of sigils they shove stuff like that in but they don't they don't they don't actually activate it connect it properly they haven't got a clue because that's slightly more advanced than basic sigil magic so people that don't understand basic sigil magic don't start adding and incorporating other symbols into it because you haven't even got a clue how basic sigil magic works let alone how to contact and add in these other energies because i know there are a lot of liars and idiots out there that have told you all you need to do to utilize the spirit of rosemary is a chop it up dry it out and roll your bloody magic candle in it and that's somehow going to utilize the magical correspondent of rosemary and it won't you see 
it won't. You're doing something physical by putting it on the candle, but you're not, not linking the energy to it in any way, shape or form. You know, it is so oh, these people. I kind of want to, and this is probably, you're going to say this is far too nice of me. Anyway, I'm kind of thinking people are going to be going, well, Chris and Liam, you said we didn't understand you, but you haven't actually explained yourself. Um, so I'm going to kind of give an example and I hope you're going to like it. Um, and I'm going to use one of your favourite examples. Um, and I'm going to see if you like how, what I do with it. Okay. So bit of charm magic here a bit of old cunning man bollocks right with the abracadabra charm how do i make abracadabra um, win lottery chris so we've had no, one like I'm not, that before yeah those ones i don't mean that so what i want oh. to do is explain explain oh. with 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 the and you can go and tell that one after the watershed what okay. i want to do is just explain what we mean by these idiots that go and find a charm in a book then because they think magic a word magic a word mean this so mm. abracadabra charm into a lot of places along with the cultural idea of abracadabra make something disappear abracadabra make something come back again um, so you actually have that cultural part, the superstition that is in our cult, you know, cultural reference to say, this is what an abracadabra charm does, right? What you'll find is lots of witches actually, and you'll read them in a lot of, because I remember reading it in lots of books in my youth that were mostly written by places like Llewellyn, an element mm. um, that used to explain the abracadabra charm as a as a charm that must be made out of lead or wax um these words are charmed cut into it and it's a magic in a banishing magic and a banishing and you're like but not actually explaining how the charm works so i imagine there are lots of people and i'm sure if i went on etsy now or if i went on amazon um, I could probably find in gold and silver little charms that I could wear around my neck that have the word abracadabra on them with it disappearing all the way down a little triangle. What they don't seem to recognise is the fact that actually abracadabra, like when there is a sign that says, you know, um, insert name here um, <laughs> on, on something, is there as not as a magical word like it's being used, but that actually it's a stand-in to say you insert the bit of knowledge here and then you're going to make it disappear or vice versa if you're going to make something grow, which is where lots of people get confused when we start talking about those abracadabras, Liam, is that we can abracadabra something back too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there is this kind of idea that I think really demonstrates the point is something like the abracadabra charm because i don't think we ever talk about it like this because we've we done bloody videos do. on it we've done yeah, numerous but... videos on it and they but cannot turn ever... around and say it's our <laughs> second most popular bloody video and on the witchcraft yeah. live it was so popular at one point that i made a have you thought about the reverse abracadabra yeah. and bringing something back and that just went, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it. And then I went a step further and I did the cross, <laughs> uh, not the cross, the star, where you've got one abracadabra on top of another abracadabra, because as we know, nature abhors a vacuum and you need to get rid of something and replace it with something. So I did two abracadabras over the top of each other, one to remove and one to put back. And a lot of people still don't get that. And that should be perfectly bloody logical anyway yeah thanks for listening that's the end of the regular edition of the podcast and if you want the extended edition of this podcast where we talk about seriously magical stuff you need to get on the thoth witchcraft patreon so goodbye everyone right we're on the seriously magical side which means we'll have to talk about something seriously magical or just be worse okay. than we were from the first. <laughs> <laughs>
behind, basically. <laughs> so which one would you prefer? <laughs> do you want to do some more slagging off? Or would you prefer to give some more knowledge? I think it's I think it's gonna happen. But I just you know, I don't what I meant by we don't say it this way is I don't think we've ever had to break it down quite that simply because I don't think people, when you talk about pleb magic, understand what we're actually talking about, which is the people that were receiving the magic knew yes. nothing about the magic. Which are the ones that the records come from, by the way. You know, all of this stuff, that is where the records come from, the people that haven't got a clue. Yeah, the ones that were receiving the magical items yeah. and being told, you've got to go hang that up there. Um, like the horseshoe. I think that's one of my favourite ones that you did the um, the horseshoe spell that you did in the intro to spellcasting. Oh, yeah, that was a protection one, wasn't it? A basic-ass protection. And all you're doing there is explaining, in true sense, what they're actually designed for. Mm. Um, but you're still how many people watching that video still think oh okay well it's well grandma said it has to be held up this way um because how many times have you had to have that argument of you know which way up should the uh should they be hung and you're kind of like well it's a horse so i'd, I'd imagine that it was hung anyway but the um you know, the kind of understanding you're kind of going, you know, and what's important is that it was a horseshoe that had actually been on a horse. Mm. Um, you know, rather than these, you know, those wonderful brass plates that everybody what you get from Etsy nowadays, brand new yeah. horseshoes. I've seen witchcraft shops sell them as well. They're not they're not actually horseshoes, they're not used, they're just they've got some from AliExpress or somewhere like that. And I think you can use that. For magic, you can use that for magic, but that was kind of not really what the cunning folk were using. And no. you don't have to do it the way they used to do it. You can utilize things and innovate and make things look similar to like our dream capture, things like that. They don't necessarily work the same way as a Native American dream catcher would, but that's besides the point, look similar. You know, you make it your own. You see something, you make it your own. Um, I I think that to sum that up with the pleb magic and all of that sort of thing is people that still do not get this concept that it is not like maths. It is the art yeah. of magic. And yes, as you remember I in art, they teach you how to shade and to draw and how the art works from a scientific perspective because there's a science and to magic, you know, a scientific side, the science of occultism, occult sciences and that, but also there's a big art part, the art, the magical arts, yes? So this idea that is not like maths, this idea that you don't take one plus one and then it equal two, this idea that there's so much stuff going on that you can't copy and paste. And if you do and you manage to make the copy and paste work, it's not gonna work very well. It might work, but not very well. And we try to encourage people to be true masters, true artists, artists. Yeah. And, you know, we we definitely teach a very kind of scientific method in the sense that mm. it is go and try it out, record your findings, analyse your results, and try to fucking again. Like, you know, it's what all that's all we ask of you. Oh, slowly but surely you'll develop both the science and the art of it if you do it and actually go out and actually achieve it. You know, it's no good listening to a bunch of our videos, then going, oh, I know how to do that now, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do this spell instead, um, which is what a lot of them do, let's face it, is people that go out, they try... Um, they read loads and loads and they listen loads and loads, but they don't put the hours in. They need mm. to have practiced something, um, you know, even if it's the little stuff. That's why, again, sorry, I'm going back to your um, intro to spellcasting again. But like the, even the bean spell, how many people don't get it? You know, oh, your little, know. Bank, it's your little bank bean spell. 
people people ask stupid things like, um, Liam, I can I use a P instead of a bean? And I wanna shoot these people, I really do, because it's I don't know how I can make it any more simple that you're not the the, the bean doesn't fucking matter. The bean doesn't really matter. It doesn't do anything. The bean doesn't do anything. You are basically doing the magical side of things, magical work yourself. You can replace it with whatever the fuck you want. They just don't fucking understand this. Fuck, fuck, fuck. You know? <laughs> it drives me up a fucking wall, if I'm honest, Chris. And I know you picked this one to rant, but I mean, seriously. It, well, I, I picked this one because I knew you'd like to rant too. Because it wouldn't be a rant if we didn't both get offended by it. Because at the end of the day, if it only affects one of us, then it's probably one of us just having a bad day. Um, mm. But the fact is that this kind of pleb magic stuff happens so often. Um, but the thing is, what blows my mind, really, is these same people that produce, you know, do this kind of pleb magic are the sort of people that in one of these forums or on one of these face, like chintzy Facebook groups would then try and school you in yeah. their history where's your sources tell me your sources i'm like ketchup and occasionally some mayonnaise <laughs> um <laughs> it's about the non-nando's lemon herb i'm liking that lately uh, okay but you just kind of like what what's the point of a source what are you telling me that you can only practice something that you've read in a book um and that the only <laughs> the only sources you trust are the ones that archaeologists have dug up, um, have no understanding of the actual magic at play, um, but they make a good translation. Like, you know, I just, I don't get it, Liam. I don't get it. Please explain it to me. I don't know. That's the thing, because we could spend the whole rest of the, top of the podcast talking about how we might utilise sigil magic in completely different ways so many different ways there are so many different ways of utilizing sigil magic but then there are also the wrong ways of utilizing sigil magic mm -hmm. and the wrong ways of utilizing sigil magic are ones that don't work at all the right ways of utilizing sigil magic are those that work well the great ways of utilizing any magical system or piece of magic are those that are fit for purpose yes mm -hmm. fit for purpose you need to be able to rely on safety equipment to work all of the time, not just some of the time. It needs to be fit for purpose. Now, some magical practice is a bootstrapped, cobbled together crap. And a lot of the sort of stuff that you're going to find from the Cunning Folk books are cobbled together crap. You know, it is extremely easy to overcome accidentally, let alone for someone that knows what yeah. they're doing. And <laughs> yeah. people don't progress for the mainly two reasons. The first reason is that they don't try, so they've got no drive to get better. And you see that with a lot of cunning folk. A lot of cunning folk of old have no interest in getting better. They can make a good living just knowing one charm and just doing one thing, right? Yeah. The second reason is that they don't, understand how the thing they're using works and because they don't understand how it works they don't really understand how to make it better right engineers yes, make things it. better because they build something and then they use it and they might rely on feedback from other users as well but then because they know how it works and because they've got ideas for okay this needs to change that needs to i should not have put a cup holder right where i put that cup holder right that kind of thing um I'm going to change that. And I understand how to change it because I bloody built the thing in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. And this is what a great amount of... there. There's a lot of stuff that's lacking. And a lot of it is magical education. If you find yourself using the word sympathetic magic, representational magic, then the chances are you're probably utilising pleb magic because yep. you're, you're in those realms of copying words from a book and thinking, well... It's symbolic, you know, that kind of thing. That's kind of your level one, okay? And yes, you can get that magic to work, right? People can get symbols and things like that, meditate on them, use them, and their own energy power it. What you have to remember is when you're stepping up a level is when you're utilising and linking other energies in there outside of yourself. 
the psychologist that thinks that all magic is inside of your head and isn't really magic, it just is some clever form of self-hypnotism. A lot of those people, they're just, if they are at all, utilising kind of level one magic, basic ass stuff that is very easy to overcome. And most of these people don't realise that, yes, that you can grow in your power and influence as an individual and what you can power can increase, but it is no different than going to the gym. You need to work through that process and get stronger and grow as an individual. That is highlighted in our YouTube Thoth TV spellcasting course because that is designed to start getting you to work different mm. techniques and systems and grow as an individual when we talk about psychic development and all of these people come back and say i cannot actually project for the life of me you know they aren't strong enough to do that yet because they lack the energy they lack the psychic ability and we assist them in working and building that and a lot of people misunderstand a lot of magical practice because it's not talked about. This kind of thing's not talked about. And we can't go and talk about that now, not because we're gatekeeping, because we could set forth very basic things. And I've done it so many times, Chris has done it so many times, and still people get the wrong end of the stick. The only way, as we've said, to make sure someone fully understands is the one-to-one -one mentoring or for someone to actually say, yeah. Liam, can you explain this? Is this what you mean by... Is that what yeah. you mean? I've done this, this didn't work. This kind of thing where you need to actually yeah. do it and have someone help you. We can't right. have, we can't have, and it's not useful for you to have these conversations go, I read this from such and such, and that's why I'm going to try this. Like, okay, we'll go try it then. Tell us how it works. Um, You know, and it doesn't need to be that you know because some people get a bit scared by the video call don't they liam we're, we're apparently yes. terrifying um and super super judgmental but we are mostly judging the people that put their content out there and try to sell themselves as great practitioners um you know those are the people that we're knocking down a peg trying to knock down a peg or two uh, to actually understand actually the bullshit they're telling people. Um, whereas that's not the same as when you're working one-to-one -one with us. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's an amazing amount of stuff that we can answer um, in a message if it's the right question. Like, do you know? So just ask your questions and we'll get back to you. Not, not always straight away. Um that is one way to kind of pin us down is to have an appointment. Um, mm. But, you know, if you've not got an appointment, then you'll get, we'll get to you when we get to you. Um, but yeah, the importance is to fucking try it. And if it, if you don't succeed, try and try again. Um, if you are trying and trying again, and it's still not working, then you probably do need to have a conversation with us because you're probably not understanding what you were supposed to be doing in the first place. But for me, and I'm sure you'll agree, Liam, I read this in such and such, so I'm going to use that, is not a good enough excuse. No, it's not. Um, it's not. No, it's someone that, that is on their own that have never experienced magic or ever tried something, then that is their go-to to buy a bunch of books from Amazon to try a couple of stuff. And that is kind of like the chaos magic approach to a certain extent, or the philosophy of it. Try a bunch of different things and see what sticks, what works and what doesn't. But you have to move on from that. And what we're not seeing is we're not seeing people moving on from that. Okay, they get addicted to trying new stuff and never truly mastering anything and not mastering it by doing that candle spell a thousand times mastering by truly understanding how it is working and adapting it um and i don't know we've got about 15 minutes left so where else would you like to go with that because we're talking words of power don't read from the book because people do genuinely think it's like the mummy where someone picks up a, up a book and starts reading and then all of a sudden badly pronounces something happens. and then it works yeah and that really really isn't the case hence why so many people struggle to even make magic work in the first place i have but they closed down the mystery schools chris so you know <laughs> well, we shut them on purpose um but the 
okay the next one i kind of want to hit and i I don't you might say there's nothing in it but here you go i'm going to ask this of you um why is it that people trust an author more than they do themselves so you know these people that Mm. will use a translation and they'll go well i'm using that translation because such and such a deity or such and such a spirit communicated it to them and don't seem to take it on board that that is either something that was designed for them specifically or was actually something that that practitioner could understand um, and then expect oh well it will just work for me because these are the words of said deity or these are the words of said spirit I think there's a couple of reasons why. The first reason is that the person themselves that believes the bollocks in the book thinks, I personally could never get a book published if I didn't have a clue what I was talking about. And I would never go and write a book if I was unsure, I didn't have a clue what I was talking about. And what those people need to remember is that the rest of the world (laughs) ain't quite like them. Capitalism, Liam, capitalism. Yes. The second is that um, people that don't aren't really very good at something will still attempt to teach others what they do now. So they'll attempt to put their words out there. And some people can say that's very admirable. And what you need to remember also is the people that are doing that and that are the best sellers are not necessarily the best teachers, nor are they necessarily people that have a clue what they're talking about. McDonald's, they don't make good burgers, but they're a hell of a lot more profitable than the best burger joint in town that you think does make great burgers. Because McDonald's have a lot of great business sense. And guess what? McDonald's ain't in the burger making game. They in the real estate game. Yeah, a lot of people won't understand that, but you can Google that. I don't need to explain it. <laughs> that's just two examples of the whole book fiasco kind of thing. Um, translations, of course, again, when we talk about translations, which is I'm doing my best to understand something that I clearly don't have a clue, but I'm being paid to put this in. Like to a certain extent, goes with copy and paste authors as well. Um, the thing is, at the end of the day, you're basic like a gripper. We talk about a gripper all the time. But let's face it, neither of us has ever read the Germ- the original German translation from the Latin or no. the Latin itself, because not enough of not it in this to read it. Secondly, we don't read Agrippa <laughs> in the same way that you're reading it, as in word for word. We're reading all the pictures, and all the pictures is all we need. We don't need... <laughs> Well, I, I fumble through it every book. now and then, and I look at it and I think, okay, what's he talking about this time? You know, I tune in, is what I do with a gripper. Like, you might tune in the radio. You don't think when you listen to the radio, I need to listen to every single Chris Moyle show. I know he's not around anymore on normal radio, but you don't think I need to listen to that. What you do is you think, I've got spare minutes. I'll put the radio on. If I'm going to put the radio on this time of day, I'll put that on because I quite like that show and I'll half listen and I'll be amused by it. And sometimes I might learn and be entertained and find it interesting and worthwhile. Agrippa, I know which when I open the book up, there will be stuff in there that makes me think, but also it's reasonably accurate enough not to be a waste of time. Okay. And jogging your memory and making you think, ah, yeah, okay, that's a good idea, is a little bit like someone that is extremely advanced in a certain area going back and reading a beginner to intermediate book on that subject. It's not that you're really necessarily learning, but what you are doing is you're revisiting, and that inspires you, you know? It also is interesting to see other people's take on things and is interesting with that one particularly that that is literally the what we're talking about the original the original copy and paste manuscript the original one that all of these bloody books for hundreds of years have been a copying and pasting from which is why we still find it so amazing that it's not really moved on much from that 
but there we go. I mean, Did some magical practice, that... of course, has, but that isn't stuff that's published. There isn't published. No. I know people that are doing magical stuff that's beyond that, but they're not publishing books about it. No, no. But Liam, those that those that can't do teach, um, and those that can those... teach teach peeing. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. I just want to kind of add another one in there. Um, because obviously some people would be going, okay, Chris and Liam, but you guys are teaching, yeah? Um, and the first response to that would be, no, we are mentors, which is very different. Um, we expect people to challenge what we're saying. So you don't think that something we're saying is right and fucking prove us wrong then. Um, and I want to see you working. Um it's kind of the bit that I just kind of wanted to stick in there because people would be going, oh, you two hypocrites in it. Um, and that's definitely not what, what we're here for. Um, because at the end of the well, day... We've used sigil magic, haven't we? We've used sigil magic before. Yeah. So it's not like we don't use it. Do we? Is that our only option? No, no, no. It's not our mm -hmm. only option, of course. But we still use it because as a technique, sometimes it's nice to go out and ride a bike. I might not need to ride the bike to get to my destination. I could walk or catch the taxi or drive or, I don't know, get on my bloody broomstick or Segway or something. And, and, you know, but sometimes it's nice to do that. Sometimes it's nice to use sigil magic, you know. And I like to go through different techniques to keep things more exciting and different and do different things. I don't want to just go to the same old way of doing things because it works or because it's easy. Sometimes mm. that's the artist that comes out, you know. Yes, Liam. I'm sure I had another point, but I can't remember what it was. Um, yeah, I can't remember what it was. The um, At the end of the day, I just, I struggle with some, well, a lot of this particularly when it comes to, you know, the use of magic, so-called magical words. Um, and the big one for that for me is names. And I think mm. part of it comes from that kind of Christian ideal of there being power in the name. Um, you know, I, I name thee Lucifer, yeah. therefore I have power over of you. Um, those sort of those sort but that's of type of magic that's what a lot of people don't understand that solomonic type of magic where you're utilizing scriptural authority is what it's called i did a video on this on the fourth tv i don't think many people are aware of it or fully understand it scriptural authorization is ah i'm gonna borrow the power of something else or i'm gonna claim that this is something else's property or that i am on official business of whatever um, impersonate that thing, you know, use the seal of that office, you know, on yeah. my official papers, that kind of thing. Um, and that is where a lot of that kind of magic comes from. So a lot of that kind of uh, grimoire, Lesser Key of Solomon, Goetic type of magic, a lot of the stereotypical type is, I ain't a very empowered individual. The only way I can get this work is by using the command authority and office of something far greater than myself. And that's not the way we work, not the way we teach. Catnerk is a very fucking hit or miss. Very hit or miss and very dangerous. You know? One, you have to like be convincing. Broad often is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, yeah, it comes down to how good a con man are you? You know, mm. can you convince that as something <laughs> that's supposedly more powerful than you, um, that you are more powerful than it? Um, and by shouting out, you know, um, oh, but I'm mates with this guy here, um, or I am this guy, um, and therefore you will quiver because I am more powerful. And, you know... Mm. The worst ones I ever see are the ones that are used for protection. The protection rights, protection magic, are uh, those magic circles that they use from the grimoire tradition are so incredibly dangerous. And you can see why they're dangerous when you truly understand how they work. 
but the books yeah. don't really explain how they work. And the ceremonial yeah. magicians, a lot of them admit how they work. You know, a lot of them admit that what you're writing in Aramaic is actually I'm Big Bubba's bitch, property of yeah. Big Bubba. They do explain that, but what they don't explain is that if you keep referring to yourself as Big Bubba's bitch, that might get Big Bubba's attention and Big Bubba might come along and make and you drop your the ass. soap and then you might not be in for such a good time. Yeah. And that yeah. is what has happened to a many a ceremonial magician that works that system. Many, many, many of them. And guess what? It don't always necessarily happen when they are still alive. No. Mm, interesting. I know we complain about these meat suits, but they do have useful uh delaying tactics um if nothing better of the cases there are certain things that struggle are to you, reach here <laughs> are you referring to your physical body as a credit card chris <laughs> <laughs> yeah spend now pay later one can use it utilize it as <laughs> such yes and as we all know <laughs> The vast majority of people with a credit card don't truly understand how they work or how you're supposed to use them. That's <laughs> why they get into such trouble. But there we go. That's something to really mull over, isn't it? As above, so below, people. As above, <laughs> so below. <laughs> Definitely. Yes, consider. <laughs> oh, dear. And they're also worried about their contracts. Oh, they're not the things to worry about. Um, yeah, a lot of them get confused <laughs> as looking at the wrong contract. Yeah. Well, most of them can't even. Most, the vast majority of people, when it comes to soul contracts, don't fully understand what contracts are, or soul contracts, or magical contracts in general. But they haven't got a hope in hell of really even going to a place or getting to a level where they can actually read and I use the term read very loosely. <laughs> um, a soul contract to fully understand it. But there we go. I mean, it is literally like when's the last time you gave a big, I mean big, like the sort of contract you get have to sign for when you sell a house or, you know, when you take out a new contract for something and it's all this gibberish that you don't understand because you've not got a legal mind. And what a lot of people don't, don't explain to you is that they use terms in contracts and these terms are words and these words come from the legal dictionary not yeah. the collins dictionary or the dictionary that you're used to using and a lot of the time these words you think you understand what they mean they're actually in the legal dictionary very very different there's this certain word called freedom that gets used in contract law look up things yeah. like freedom in the legal dictionary oh you might be in for a shock and when it comes to the multi-dimensional contract your little gibberish in english the reasons why a lot of these things backfire because you haven't got a clue what you're talking about you might be using words you think you understand but at the end of the day that ain't what the other things have heard what that means in other places you know i mean if you understand how far you can go wrong with just going to another country and using a word in the wrong context or something else like these people yeah. that get twazak tattooed on them in chinese because they don't understand <laughs> or when a company launches a product and calls it something and then it, that product launches in a, a, con a country far away and that product's name is actually something really dirty in that language and everyone elapsed yeah. and it gets banned that sort of thing multi-dimensional if as above so below chris as above so below interesting isn't it um have we got any more final points because it's less than a minute left no i think i think as above so below is a nice place to end that and maybe as they'll within, think a little so bit better better out than in <laughs> okay well thank you all of our patrons for continuing to support us we are a bunch of clowns but we do come out with somewhat wise words every now and then and uh 
Yeah, you're all brilliant. We know this because you support us, so your magical taste is clearly on another level. Um, but yeah, goodbye for another week. I would wave, but I know you can't see me. So just pretend <laughs> like I'm waiting.